Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Entrepreneur to Author. My name's Jackie Pretty and I'm the founder and head editor of Grammar Factory, which helps entrepreneurs write awesome books. And today I'm delighted to introduce Kate Christie, the founder of Time Stylers, which helps successful time-poor female professionals and entrepreneurs manage their time more effectively so they can do more of what they love, shake the guilt over their work and life choices and experience success at work and at home. She's also the author of Me Time, the professional woman's guide to finding 30 guilt-free hours a month. Hello, Kate, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, how are you? Thank you very much for having me, Jackie. You're very welcome. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into the business you're running today? Sure. So uh, my background uh, was as a lawyer um, and I worked for many years in law um, and then I moved into a corporate role um, in a big telco and worked for a long time and had a fabulous career, which I loved. Um, very, um, I was very ambitious and very driven and um, I was you know, climbing up that career ladder and just loving, loving it, loving every minute of it. And then um, I had three kids in three and a half years, which, you know, was entirely my own fault. <laughs> um, but that kind of became it just became harder and harder to juggle mm. and I was feeling at the time that I couldn't be the perfect mum and have an amazing career at the same time and in the end I think I just became so overwhelmed by all of that that I, I opted out of my career and I think that that was well I know that that was an error because mm. Um, I loved what I was doing, but I really did feel that I was backed into a corner and that I had no choice. But what that then did was it opened up the opportunity for me to start my own business. And um, and I, I think that in doing that and, and running my own business to help other women manage their time smarter, what became really evident to me was that, um, you, you know, you, you can have a great career and be an awesome mum. You don't have to choose. You don't have to opt mm. out. Um, but if you are, you know, you have, you know, decided to leave a corporate role or you're running your own business, there's still um, really terrific and easy ways that you can manage your time um, so that you, you you have all the bits that you want. So I guess that's that's my background. I've been, I've been in business for myself now for um, five or six years and, um, yeah, it's, it's terrific. So what made you decide to write a book then? Um, I was... Oh, look, I've always wanted to write a book. Even ever since I was little, I always wrote and, and loved English and English literature at school and and it was always something I wanted to do. And when the business was, my, my initial business was, I guess, at a little bit of a, a fork in the road and I had to make a decision as to the direction that I wanted to take the business. And um, I undertook a, I, I, I entered a program um to help me grow the business and part of that program was around writing a book and I think that's one of the real reasons that very much attracted me to the program was that here was I guess a, a forced opportunity for me to write a book and um, it was just fantastic. I, I loved the whole experience of writing. I loved um, I loved the whole idea of, of knowing that I had all of this expertise and intellectual property in my head that was of value to others that I hadn't really considered as being of value 
And I, I guess that's they, they were the, the main motivations for me. Now, one of the things we're going to talk about in a little bit is how you've used your book to boost your business. But one of the things a lot of people don't realize is that a book, big part of your book's effectiveness is coming down to really knowing your target readers and then choosing a topic that will resonate with them. And I think this is something you've done really well because we can see this in your tagline, which is the professional woman's guide to finding 30 guilt-free hours a month, which it clearly says who your book is for. It says what your readers will get out of the book. And it also tackles one of their big pain points around making time for yourself, which is a lot of a lot of women experience a lot of guilt around putting themselves first for a little bit. Mm. So how did you find that idea and a way to describe it that would resonate with the readers you wanted to, you wanted to speak to? I think that in terms of the, the work I do, which is really all around helping people manage their time smarter and also around helping people outsource um, things at home, um, things like the cleaning or the housekeeping or getting childcare. And there's a whole whole platform, I guess, or a whole methodology that I take people through that helps them find their time. And what I was finding time and time again was that um, the people, particularly the women I was dealing with, were coming to me with the same questions, the same issues. I was giving the same advice. And, you know, that they would then turn around and say, oh, my God, that's amazing. And, and I was thinking, God, you know, doesn't everyone know this stuff? <laughs> And, and I, I just really thought that it was common sense or common mm. knowledge, but it just wasn't. And um, so from taking those simple ideas, which I thought were just, you know, common knowledge, which, you know, weren't and putting them in writing and then working out what was sort of resonating with my clients in terms of, you know, I, finding them that time and saying, well, look, you know, you found 30 hours, isn't that fantastic? And then thinking, well, I could take this to the masses, you know, everyone can find 30 hours if they follow these principles. And it was just, it, it was something that resonated with me, with my clients, but also when I sort of workshopped it with, with my network and colleagues and, and it, it sort of, it felt like a powerful way to present the topic. Mm. I love what you've just said because I think so many people find themselves in that position, especially entrepreneurs, where we think, oh, you know, writing a book sounds like a great idea, but what would I write about and what do I know? And we assume that what comes second nature to us is common knowledge when, in fact, it often isn't. And that's yeah. the value we can provide. That's absolutely right. And I think that, you know, people often think, well, as an entrepreneur or as a successful business person, you know, does anyone, does anyone really want to read this stuff that I've written? <laughs> does anyone really want to know this? And, and yes, they do because your experiences and your personal take on things and your involvement with your clients or the way you've achieved your success are unique to you. And it's, there's always going to be something in that that others can take out. Mm, absolutely. Now, once you produce a great book, the next step of the process is working it. And I see so many entrepreneurs who spend a lot of time and money producing a high quality book only to wonder, well, what happens next? And was this something you went through after your book went to print? Uh, not really, because uh, the process I had followed was um, there was a very clear expectation that I'd set that um, the book was not going to be something I was going to use to make a million dollars from selling books. So mm -hmm. it wasn't about, you know, getting it into a bookstore or, it, you know, I had a very, very clear um, 
idea that the book was going to be a credibility tool, that it was going to be something that I could use to um, get myself into meetings with my target clients. It was going to be something that I could give as a gift uh, to demonstrate that I was the expert in the area. Um, so I, I was very clear on how I was going to use that. Um, and I think that that um, it, from time to time you, you, you might lose that message in your own mind mm. and, and sort of start thinking, oh, I'd love to be selling a thousand books. But, <laughs> you know, you've you got to keep coming back to the, no, the reason why me, the reason why I wrote this book and, and published it was the credibility piece. It was, you know, the business card on steroids. Um, and so just kept reminding myself of that. And, and I think having a very clear idea of what you're going to do with the book is crucial even before you start writing it. Mm, no, that's such a good point. And I think a lot of people do get hung up on the book sales and try to think of their book as another revenue stream, which it really isn't. I mean, if you sell 100 books, you're looking at maybe $2,500 of income, whereas you could just give one to the right person and that could turn into a you know, $5,000, $10,000, $100,000 contract, depending on what business you're in and whether you're giving it to the right people. That's absolutely right. And I think that um, I, I like to, to think of it that way. And I, I've sort of put some parameters around that for myself. And, and, and to the extent where I think every time I, I give this book to someone in a corporate context where I'm, I'm hoping to get work, I look at it as I want this to be a minimum of a $2,000 mm. pitch so that I know when I'm giving the book out that I'm going to make $2,000 from having gifted that to somebody. Um, and, and that's something that you can measure. It's something that you can track. Um, and it's, it, it is also something that then helps you kind of stay the course with thinking, no, this is, this is a, a credibility tool. I, I don't need to be selling this book for twenty four ninety nine mm. because I can give it to someone and it's going to be $2,000. No, much better return on your investment. Absolutely. But you know, obviously not every time you give the book to someone, <laughs> it's going to result in that, but you need to set yourself, um, some goals and some targets mm. and, and very often I have had some fantastic contracts come out of having gifted someone a book. So what I'd love to go into is some of the specific things you've done to get those contracts and to use your book as a business card on steroids. Well, I've, I've done a number of different things. I, as a matter of course, um, now having had the written the book, I make sure that in my email signature and in all my collateral that I put that I'm a best-selling author on Amazon. Um, and then when I go out and looking, you know, pitching for work or, you know, contacting people to, to organize a meeting, I always mention that um, I'm a, an author and an expert in the area, um, that I'd love to meet them and give them a copy of my book and have a chat about XYZ. Um, so, you know, it, from the base level, all of your collateral should refer to the fact that you're an author. Mm. Um, it should refer to the fact that you're best-selling. If, if you have that status, um, your website, everything you produce about you, your speaker's kit, everything needs to re reference that as part of, you know, a key part of your credibility. Mm. Um, then um, I always take um, the books to meetings that I have 
uh, and and I always sign them and personalise them. And I do it there with the person so I don't pre-prepare it. You know, I'll have the meeting and it'll be, oh, Jackie, it's so lovely to meet you and, um, you know, thanks so much for your time. And, oh, look, I bought a copy of my book for you. I'd love to, per- you know, to make it out to you. Is that appropriate? Because sometimes people will say, oh, you know what? I want to give that to my boss mm. or I want to give that to my sister-in-law who runs this other company. Um, so can you make it out to her? And then, you know, you've got two wins. Um, then um, it, it's it's not something that you then labour and talk about, but you've handed it over. It's a gift. People love getting gifts and they feel like they need to kind of reciprocate or return mm, that. Yes. So the conversation just becomes much uh, more open and friendly and they're, they're very open to discussing how they might be able to do business with you. Um, so at a ba- basic level, that's what I've done. Um, the other things I've done is I always make sure that I have a couple of copies, probably three copies in my handbag every time I go out um, because you just don't know who you're going to bump into. Mm. And I um, I went to um, a – I was invited to, for example, um, a, a movie night being put on by one of the banks and um, – I, I, I hate network, networking. I'm, I just I, I, I just hate it. But I, I made myself go, and I I made myself not take anyone so that I wouldn't sort of be stuck talking mm. to that person. I, I thought, no, I've got to do this, and I'm, I did. I got there, and I and, and it was you know it was fifteen minutes before the movies. People had to talk, and and I I got myself a drink, and I just made a beeline for the two nearest women, and just said hi, and they looked as awkward as I felt, and then we just started talking, and you know, talked for sort of 10 minutes and they were really lovely and one of them just happened to mention how busy she was, how time poor she is, um, how it's just so hard to manage everything and I was like, oh, my God, well, look, I'm an author, I have this book, I've got some copies, would you like one? And she was, oh, that's, you know, wonderful, thank you so much. And so I signed the books and gave them both one and then off we went into the movies and that was that. And then that was two months ago and I got a call last week and it turns out that one of these women was the head of a particular section of the bank. Oh, wow. And she wants me to come and do a presentation and talk to her high-achieving staff, wants to give them coaching sessions on time management and a copy of my book. So you just don't know when an opportunity is going to arise. So I always take a copy of my book, you know, a couple of copies with me. And, you know, there's, there's probably for every two times you do that, there's 10, you know, 10 times that nothing comes of it, but at least you've got copies of your book out there in the hands of people who might not have mm-hmm. previously got it and people do talk. So that's another one. Um, the other thing I've done is um, I've identified partnerships that would work for the business, um, but that would work for them. So, you know, identified companies that um, have the same market as I do um, who I know their clients would benefit from smarter time management. And then I've gone out and pitched to them where by they give my book to their best clients as a gift um, or they have me come in and speak to their clients. And, and it's a value add that they're giving their clients. Um, and, and that's worked very, very well for me as well. Um, and I've formed a number of partnerships that way. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing is to get speaking engagements. You know, there's so many different organisations that are looking for speakers and, and looking to, for paid speakers, you know, happy to pay their speakers. Um, and the book is, that's your credibility tool. So you can get straight in. Um, Hi, I'm an expert in X. Here's my book, which proves it. 
are you looking for any speakers for your upcoming events? Um, now, sometimes if they don't want to, if they're not, they don't have the resources to pay you, what they're often happy to do is to have you sell your book at the end of the event, which will, you know, more than cover your costs as well. So mm -hmm. that's, that's something else I've done a lot of. Um, when I was first starting out with speaking, I, I did a number of free engagements with um, small women's business groups and but on the basis that I was allowed to sell my book at the end because you know they weren't paying me to speak mm -hmm. and you know there was you know you, you if you if you're printing costs and everything you know on average if your book's going to cost you around five to six dollars or something like that um, but if you go to an event and you sell you know 30 copies for $25 then you know you've you've made some money for the for the day and mm. the other thing that has always happened from that is every time you do get a speaking engagement often there's someone else in the audience who wants you to come and speak at one of their events so it's sort of it's self perpetuating in that way um so they're probably the main things Jackie that I've done uh, around the book I think that's enough there's a lot in there <laughs> <laughs> I'm just furiously taking notes um no, there was so much in what you just said. I'd just like to go into a couple of areas in a little bit more detail. Yeah. One of the things you said was about identifying partners with clients who would value your book and what you have to share. And I think one of the things a lot of people struggle with when it comes to connecting with larger businesses or people with um, bigger audiences or more well-known brands is they think, well, what do I have to offer them? And why would they be interesting, interested in partnering with little old me? Mm -hmm. So how do you get around that and how do you make an offer that's really attractive to them rather than just looking like you're trying to get access to their clients? Yeah, so I, I think that's a really good point. And I, I, the first thing I would say is don't ever let the size of your organisation versus their organisation put you off. Um, a lot of what I found in my experience is not all, but a lot of um, larger sized businesses are really happy to work with small players um, because we're agile, we're flexible, um, we're quick to deliver and large organisations love that because oftentimes if they're working with other large organisations, you know, things take time, you know, there's all these procrastinated decision-making processes and so forth. So in my experience, I wouldn't, don't let the size of your organisation prevent you from approaching the big players because remember at the end of the day, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're an expert in your area. Um, there's not a lot of other people out there who have the same level of expertise and who have a book to prove it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the big players are interested in that. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say. The, the second thing is you've got to be smart when you're identifying the partners that there any business, and think of it in terms of your own business and someone approaching you, you're only ever going to be interested in an opportunity where there's a genuine win-win. Mm. Um, you, you don't ever go into any business relationship saying, well, this is what I want um, and hoping for the best. You know, So be smart about it. Identify what you know they want. What are their clients' pain points? What, what are, what's hurting them? What's keeping their clients awake at night? Um, and, and how could your product or service or book or presentation ease that issue for their clients in such a way that their clients feel so much better about 
the, per, the you know the, the main person they're working with because they've made their life easier. Mm. Um, then what I'd say is you know research like hell before you go into any of those sort of meetings, um, so that you can demonstrate your knowledge of their client and their client's problem. Um, so you know before you go in and talk about anything that you do or anything you can offer, it's a matter of saying, look, I know your clients really well here's who they are, here's what their problems are, you know, this is the sort of person they are, this is what they're solving, you know, trying to solve for. Um, if you were able to partner with us in such a way as to solve those issues for your clients, would that be a great customer experience for your clients in terms of their relationship with you? Um, now, the answer is always going to be yes. Um, and then you can say, okay, well, that's great because this is what I can bring to the table. Um, so this is what I can do for your clients um, that's going to solve for these problems. And, you know, in return, this is what's in it for me. And I'd always be really upfront about saying, you know, it's a win-win. Um, I want it to be win-win. This is what I see you getting out of the relationship. This is what I want to get out of the relationship. Um, but this is what your clients are going to get out of the relationship. And that's, that's, you know, that's, it's as simple as that, but always go in having done heaps of research so that you know exactly what their client is after and what their pain points are. That's fantastic. Thank you. Now, I imagine that when it comes to approaching an organisation to speak at their event, it would be a fairly similar approach in the sense that you've got to understand what the people attending the event want to get out of it and what you can bring to the equation and how it's going to be a win for the event manager or the organisation as well as a win for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, you know, it's it's always necessary to have done that research. Um, and there's plenty of ways you can tap into those sort of organisations. You know, there's, there's lots of um, groups that you can research or you can keep your eye on the press and see who's, you know, talking about your area of you know, interest. So I, I got a great roadshow engagement last year um, with an organisation and that basically came from, you know, keeping my eye on the press. I saw that they were talking about um, issues to do with their female employees and how they're managing the juggle and their time. And when I, I, I looked up, you know, did my research, found out who the name of the CEO was, identified their email address, sent them a copy, a link to the article um and a, and a you know a title on the email was something like you know congratulations on your press release or something like that um then said look i thought that was a terrific article I completely agree with your points here here and here um you know this is my area of expertise i'm an author this is my book if you're ever looking for someone to come and engage and speak with your staff at an event let me know be more than interested in in having a chat um and i got a roadshow out of it so you know, there's you just you've got to keep your eye on the press, um, you know, get your Google alerts on your area of interest um, and a network, which, you know, I hate doing, but it always, <laughs> always results in work um, and just be constantly aware. But it, it's always about giving, you know, mm. give, as, give as much as you can, um, be helpful, um, be genuine uh, and things, you know, turn around, you know. There's always really good karma in terms of of giving and, and, and I, I really believe that. It may not be the person that you're helping, but, you know, I think good things happen to good people. So just, mm -hmm. you know, just be open to, to that as well. Absolutely. Now, one of the things you said earlier was that when you do speaking gigs, you often get booked for other speaking gigs from those events. Yes. 
does that just happen naturally or do you do you make a pitch from stage or set, you plant the seed that you're available for other opportunities um no it's just happened organically but it's that's probably a really good idea to plant the seed <laughs> um <laughs> i'll write that one down um no look it's it, it has happened organically i think i'm um, I guess I'm in the fortunate position that time management and managing your time and, and having enough time and, and all of that is, is something that everybody needs. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, if anyone's holding an event, there's all, it's always going to be engaging to have a speaker speaking around time management. Um, so from that perspective, that, that's been a useful, I guess it's a useful area of expertise, if you like. Um, but what I have found in doing this for the last couple of years is that um, people who hold their own events go to a lot of events themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think they do it to keep up with their own education. They do it just to see how other people are running their events. They do it to network. Um, you know, they do it for multiple reasons. But I think one of the reasons is they do it to sort of identify topics of interest and speakers that might be of value to their clients because then it's really easy you know they just go up and say can I have your business card and then you get a call a month or two later saying look I saw you speak at this event um, I thought the topic was great would you be interested in speaking at my event and you know you've saved them so much work you know mm -hmm. with them having found you so um, it, it has been organic but I do like your your comment about pitching from the stage <laughs> So something else I'd love to talk about is the results you've seen as a result of getting published and then leveraging your book and what sort of impact that has had on your business. Uh, look, it's had a massive impact, Jackie. Um, I have I got I have new lines of um, of uh, revenue, new revenue streams as a result of the book. Um, it's made it a lot easier for me to get into the meetings I want. It's made it a lot easier for me to get speaking engagements without question. I mean, if you've got a book and you're interested in speaking engagements, it's so much easier than if you don't have the book, mm. um, you know, without question. So I've seen really, really large business growth as a result of, of um, producing the book. And it's opened up partnerships and it's given me opportunities that have been wonderful that haven't been paid opportunities. You know, I've done some really fantastic um had some really great opportunities that haven't been paid opportunities but simply as a result of of having had the book so yeah i, I i'm very glad i did it um i'm in the process of planning my next book oh that's and, exciting um, yeah yeah so um it's look it's it's without question it's changed everything yeah that's great to hear now as an entrepreneur and as a mum obviously you've got a lot on your plate so how do you fit marketing and working your book into everything else that you're already doing? Oh, it's hard. <laughs> you're um, not supposed to say that. You're the time management expert. You should have the perfect solution. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I finally I could click my fingers. <laughs> um, look, it's, it's like anything. If it's a priority, you make it happen. Um, as the business grows, you need to bring in staff to help you manage this sort of stuff. Um, it's about making sure you do things once so that it's all done, you know, having your speaker's kit up to date, having all everything that you want in terms of marketing your book has to be up to date. 
Um, it's about blocking time, slabs of time into your calendar and in terms of when you're going to be at your best. Um, you know, I, I, I block in times or big slabs, you know, for a four-hour slab on, say, a Tuesday morning where that's when I'm going to be marketing my book or I'm going to be pitching for new work or I'm going to be working on, you know, the content that's on, on Amazon to make it more attractive, you know. So it's about managing your time and just and um, lock, blocking out um, blocks of time so that, you know, well, this is what I'm going to spend on it. But it's like anything. It's it's It's... You have to make it a priority, but I haven't let the sort of the marketing side of things completely consume me. It's just a part. It's just, you know, if you think of your, your whole business plan as a big, you know, wagon wheel, it's just one of the spokes. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And before we go, can you just share where our listeners can find you? Absolutely. So um, I'm on um, I'm on Facebook, um, and I my main website is timestylers.com, and um, people can find me there. And I'm on LinkedIn under Kate Christie, and um, would love to hear from people. Or if you get any questions from anyone, you know, feel free to direct them my way. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. It's been, um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I've learned so much, so I'm sure our listeners will as well. Oh, thanks, Jackie. It was lovely talking to you.